This is the Conquer Local podcast, presented by Vendasta, with your host, George Leith. It's another edition of the Conquer Local podcast. I'm George Leith, and coming up, we're going to talk about one of the most common mistakes that salespeople are making. They're trying to understand why they're not hitting quota. They're having a hard time in converting deals and getting them across the line. I have put my finger on this time and time again that it is removing the prospect's fear. You have not done a good enough job of getting them over that fear that they have of saying yes. We'll talk about all of that as we continue with the Master Sales Series from the Conquer Local Podcast next. So you've done the needs analysis with the client. You sat down with them. You really started to dig into the challenges. And you came back with a strategy that you thought made a lot of sense for the prospect. In fact, you put extra time into it. You were so committed to solving the problems of that prospect and you made a great presentation, like a 10 out of 10, probably one of your best presentations. And you just can't get the deal closed. You can't get the signature on the piece of paper. And yet the person will still talk to you and they return your phone calls and they answer your emails, your text messages, your carrier pigeons or ravens or whatever you send over communicating with that prospect. They're still talking to you. It's not like they've completely went dark. I think that you have not done a good enough job of removing the fear of the prospect. Think back to things that you've purchased in your life. You're like, yeah, this is great. This solves all my problems, but boy, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble if I spend that money with my significant other or boy, My boss wants me to keep an eye on the budget. Oh boy, I don't want to lose my job over this. I've been recently involved in a negotiation that's been going on for quite some time. And we were trying to get the deal across the line. You want to nudge it, but you don't want to push it. You definitely don't want to hard close it. I should touch on this a little bit because I think this is another mistake that salespeople make is hard closing. Sales manager yelled at you at the morning standup, said you better hit your quota this month. So you go out and you start breaking rules. And I don't mean breaking rules that could get you arrested or fired. I mean, you start breaking the rules of sales that you have to do proper needs analysis. You have to come up with a strategy that solves a client's problems. You have to properly set expectations. Got to put reporting in front of them that shows them that you're, they're going to deliver ROI. Yeah, you may, you know, tell a little white lie around the expectation side of it to get it across. We've all done it. I've done it. Um, but that is the piece when you hard close that you're going to see the churn. And you could pretty much see those coming a mile away. The rep needs one more deal to hit a record. Pretty good chance that thing's going to be hard closed. Um, They just didn't do, you know, it's called rushing it through the pipeline. But we come back to removing fear. I was involved in this presentation. We had done a great job in needs analysis. We put the presentation in front of the client. We had influencers and decision makers saying, yes, we're ready to move forward. But I couldn't get the signature on the piece of paper. When I look back at it, I think that there were some things that I missed doing to remove the fear of the ultimate decision maker. And this can be a bit of a challenge when you're dealing with someone that isn't even the ultimate decision maker. So one of the things that you can do to really help you in this whole process of removing fear is make sure that you're talking to the right person. Make sure that you are talking to the ultimate decision maker. If you have a product or service of value 
I think it's okay to ask for the ultimate decision maker to be in the room when you are doing the value proposition and the presentation and setting the expectations and showing the client that you're going to be there for the long haul. You're going to be that single throat to choke if anything goes wrong. A lot of times that's the piece that separates you from the competitor that's selling a similar product or service is that you're the one that they really feel deep down in their heart actually cares about their business and cares about seeing a successful outcome. I had somebody say to me the other day, you know, nobody gets fired for deciding to go with Salesforce. Salesforce is one of the biggest companies in the world. It's one of the most successful SaaS companies out there. Mark Benioff and his wife just bought Time Magazine yesterday for $190 million. Nobody gets, no purchasing person or procurement person or chief revenue officer or CEO goes to their board and says, yeah, we signed up for a contract with Salesforce. And they look at me and go, you're fired. It doesn't happen because the, the product, the service has a track record behind it. It's a safe bet. What you need to do is you need to make your product or service or whatever it is that you're selling a safe bet for the buyer. That's how you're going to get that signature on the piece of paper. Here's some of the places that it can go wrong. And then you can get to this spot where you can't get a signature on the contract. And uh, you know, it starts right at the beginning when you're doing the needs analysis, you've got to ask the right questions. You've got to find out what their real need is. What's the real problem that they're trying to solve. And what is the state of the business? I was recently involved in a contract negotiation with a client that was going through a bit of a restructuring. I was dealing with a number of different people in the organization. And, and one of the people that I spent a lot of time with was the CFO. I've learned over the years that I have to play nice with CFOs. Number one, to get my expense account approved. And number two, to get a raise. And number three, to get contracts signed. Because the CFO or the controller or the accountant, the person that's signing the check, is a really important person to have on your side. And what they do when you put a presentation in front of them is they look for every reason to say no. In fact, they've already said no in their head. You've got to really give them a compelling reason to say yes. And removing the fear of the CFO is key to it because they're all about risk management. It's deeply ingrained into their DNA. Now, when you sit across the table with somebody like me and I get excited and I just want to buy, all you got to do is push the right buttons and I just want to buy. Now, I'm Scottish and I'm a little bit cheap, so I'm always looking for a deal. And I like to brag about the great deals that I got uh, because that's just part of my DNA. But if you can get me excited enough, that's why I have a hard time going to clothing stores. If it really good sales guy at a men's clothing store, I could take a one suit purchase and turn it into five grand in a heartbeat because they just make you feel you know, a good sales guy. will just make you feel good. So identifying first off the client's needs and then identifying the personalities that you're dealing with in the room and going directly to those various personalities and removing the fear from each of them. So if you were dealing with me and my type A personality, you're going to want to come over and get me excited. You're going to want to show me how you're going to hit my sales budget with your solution. You're going to show me how I'm going to get my bonus. You're going to want to show me how I'm going to look like a legend. See, that's things that type A personalities are all about. Now, if the CFO's sitting beside me, he's going to be going, all that stuff is bullshit. I can see right through that because they, you can't sell those people. You need to give them data. You need to give them reasons. And sometimes if you can show them how you can save them money 
and give them a comparable product or service, they're all about that. That is why they get paid. I remember meeting this one CFO one day and I, I asked him, you know, you've been very successful in your career. Tell me one of the things you've been most successful at. And he went on to quote where he had saved his organization $85 million by clamping down on rampant expense accounts. So I took the two expense claims that I had into that CFO and I took them back and redid them all, made sure that all the I's were dotted and T's crossed. But he he was very proud of that and he should be very proud of that. That is an amazing uh, claim to fame, but it does speak to that personality that you're dealing with. So when we're talking to a prospect, we're going to have a number of different personalities in the room. We're going to have people that um, are driver personalities that are trying to hit a goal. And what you need to do with those folks is remove their fear that if they go with that solution that you're presenting, that you're going to help them reach their goal. If you've got the, the data-driven CFO, numbers-driven, you got to remove their fear. If you've got the person that just wants everybody to like them, just the likable person, you've got to say, oh, the vast majority of people love the solution and you're going to really fit in. So there's a number of different types of personalities. Now, whether it's DISC or it's Myers-Briggs or Deloitte's got one out there, there's, there's a number of these different personality presentations you can go through. You take a bit of a test and you answer all the questions and it comes back and it tells you what type of person you are. And, and usually they're pretty close. But each one of those different personalities requires a different tactic to remove their fear. That's just in their personality, by the way. Now we've got to dig into the business case and where the business is at. Did the person that was in the position of the uh, buyer the time before get fired for making a bad decision? They're going to be gun shy, like right out of the gate. So it doesn't matter how good your presentation is. You may have to go back multiple times with multiple case studies and multiple stories. So you really need to become a student if you're going to be successful in sales. Is it great presentation skills? Yeah, that's pretty important. Is it great research? Yeah, not as important as you might think. I think sometimes people get really bogged down in research. I think you need to become a student of people, you need to become a student of their personalities and you need to become someone that they can trust to share what really is the thing that they're trying to solve and what may be the blocker. You know, I've always found that the prospect that is the hardest to deal with is the one that gives you nothing. They don't give you an objection. It's like presenting to a sphinx. You got nothing back on the other end. I can't do anything with that because I'm not getting anything from you. I, there's no personality. There's no nothing coming back. And that's why presenting over the phone is a really challenging industry to be in. And I, you know, I know some people who do it really, really well, but they're good at dragging out of that prospect on the other end of the line. What really is their challenge, their problem they're trying to solve, remove the fear. They're good at asking those leading questions. The other thing that you can do to remove fear is to get some information from other people who may be selling. So, you know, I learned this a long time ago. We're in the waiting room. We're waiting to deal with an auto dealer one day. There's another sales guy there. He was selling the auto dealer cleaning supplies. I was selling radio ads. Why would I want to have a conversation with the guy selling cleaning supplies? Number one, I learned very early on that you learn from any great salesman out there. You learn everything that you most possibly can. But those are the types of people that are dealing with that organization that might want to offer up some advice, especially if you're likable. They'd be like, hey, um, how long have you been dealing with these guys? Oh, I'm not yet. I just put a presentation in front of them. We're going to try and get them on a marketing campaign. Did you know that Susan actually is the one that makes the buy? It's not Tom. 
It took me six months to figure that out. This is coming from the cleaning supply guy that was, you, you know what I mean? There are other people that may be able to help you in doing your research. And, and that's why doing that research can't always be done online. And I'm a very big believer in building partnerships with other organizations that can help you along the line. I was just recently on the Voice of America radio show with uh, Kimberly Lewis. We were talking about leadership beyond borders, and we talked all about partnerships. And we're going to do an entire edition of the Master Sales Training around building partnerships in just a few episodes to help you understand how important that is. So removing fear. It's a really interesting way of looking at sales. A lot of people are, oh, well, George, you're type A personality. You just crush it. You kill it. You close deals. You do all. No, it's not really like that. You got to have a drive and you got to want to help people and you've got to want to make the calls and you can't just sit on your hands and not dial the phone or not answer your email. You got to want to win, but you got to want to win for the customer. And part of winning for the customer sometimes is just helping them over that hump of something that they're fearful for. Now, you better bloody deliver when you do that. It's a really important piece of the puzzle. And I think that a lot of it is, is just being very compelling when you're having the conversation. I remember I had this prospect one day, never forget about this meeting. It was in the Wynn uh, in Las Vegas. We're meeting in the lounge. Um, that's where all the meetings were happening. So it wasn't just that we were in the lounge at 11 o'clock in the morning. I was having a coffee. The prospect, there was two people, a very nice young lady and a very nice gentleman. And the prospect, the young lady who was on her phone texting most of the meeting, leaned across the table and she said, why should I buy this from you and not your competitor? And I said, because you get me and I'm going to look after you and I'm going to be there after the sale and I'm going to be there week after week after week to make sure that everything that we promise comes true and then some. And we got the contract on the spot. She's like, yep, that's good enough for me. That is a compelling reason. So removing fear really at the end of the day is digging deep. You've got to do your needs analysis. You've got to do your research. You've got to become a student of the prospect. You've got to really dig and find those partnerships that can help you to understand what's going on with that client. And then there's one final piece. You have to keep trying. Sales cycles are getting longer and longer and longer because solutions are getting more complex. So if there's a lot of fear around making just a buying decision on, uh, well, we're videotaping this as well as recording it, a buying decision, on a computer monitor. Oh, I got a lot of fear. Am I buying the right one? Is it going to last? Is it going to break down like my last one? Am I going to get yelled at when I get home because I spent too much money? Will the boss approve the expense? Do I have enough budget to pay for it? You know, all the, just around buying a bloody computer monitor. Imagine the fear around buying a complex solution like digital marketing. With a bunch of things that are really tough to explain, much less show the ROI on, you're going to really need to be a student of the prospect. So next time you're out, you're looking at your pipeline, you're wondering why that great opportunity that you have that you made a killer presentation designed a perfect strategy for is not coming across the line. Think about removing the fear of the prospect. It's a pleasure to be with you for the master sales training program. I tell you, I have been getting comments day after day. When we first started putting this thing together, you know, producer Brock is with me and our sound engineer T-Bone is with me. And I know when we were talking to the team about we're going to do this thing called master sales training, it's just going to be these 15 minute snippets. It's going to talk about basic things that salespeople need to remember. And I kind of got some eye rolls in the room from the people. It's like, no, we want those really cool interviews with those experts. But I, I got more comments back about the master sales series and from people that are experienced sales reps saying thanks for reminding me 
about that one thing that I hadn't been doing. And I find this in my own uh, listening that I do. I do some cardio every morning and uh, I'm riding the bike and I got podcasts galore and I've got audio books and some of them really basic stuff. Just reminding me of things that I may have forgotten. That's what we're trying to do here on the Master Sales Training Program. We welcome your comments. The best place to reach me is at LinkedIn, or you can always email me at gleith at vendasta.com. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King and Jeff Tomlin. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Writing by Michelin Gadet. Marketing by Devin Hennig, Michael Gatillon, and Brian Larson. Produced by Joshua Baker.